Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. I'm Isaiah Kennard, and I'm here to preach Ephesians 2. Yeah, that's what I'm here to do. And it's in my sermon title is called Radical New Reality Remix. Very original. I know, I know. Uh, I've been fasting this week. Didn't really have a lot of things going up in my brain other than the Holy Spirit. So, you know, I thought, let's just take Jamie's title and add remix on the back. And if you are, you know, don't know exactly what remixed means, uh, that means you take an original song and you kind of change it up a little bit. Not remix in a pot. You know, that's not, that's not exactly what I'm talking about. Does that make sense? We all know what remix is? Okay, okay. Uh, second thing I'm here, I'm here to be used by the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm here to preach God's word. I'm here to communicate hope and purpose to his bride. Um, and so I'm just going to lay out a little bit of a roadmap here. I'm going to read the passage, and then we're going to talk about the main picture Paul is painting, and then provide an argument for the unified, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, multi-economic church here in the United States of America. And I just want you to know something else. I am black, so um, here's the deal about growing up in a black household. Uh, when you get passionate, you start to talk louder, okay? And so, and, and now I have, I have realized, you know, sometimes in, in white households, when you hear yelling, you might think, Anger, Urgh, things are going on. Uh, sometimes in black households, you're just playing Uno, and it's just, <laughs> it just gets intense. And so you just gotta yell. And so if I start yelling at you, it's not because I don't love you. So if I start yelling, that's, that's not because I don't like anybody. Are we all good? All right, this is what we are going to do. First, we're gonna start off with a little bit of a teaching. So I'm just gonna jump right in. Here's the deal. We have been reading Ephesians 2. We read it last week. And Ephesians 2 has a lot of U's in it, Y-O-U's, has a lot of U's in it. And sometimes when we read Ephesians 2, we think U means just like you, singular, right? Uh, because the Western language, English, it's kind of hard sometimes. And so, but that's not what U means there. It means a plural U. It means you all or y'all, you guys know it. Uh, and here's the deal. The KJV Bible, you know, that old one, the KJV Bible had it right. It had the for you singular and ye for you plural. Not yeet, youth, but ye. Okay. But we're going to read Ephesians 2 with our common you. So everybody stand up. I had a lot of fun, right? I had a lot of fun doing this. And we're going to read it all together. I hope you guys have fun. All right, here we go. Ephesians 2. Let's pull it up, Josh. One, two, three. As for y'all, y'all were dead in your transgressions and sins in which y'all used to live with used guys followed the ways of this world. And the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, eh? I don't know, (laughs) and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, 
God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in your transgressions. It is by grace y'all have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Amen. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you guys have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to good good. Therefore, remember that formerly all who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who called themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, Remember that at that time, you guys were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, all of y'all who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, y'all are no longer foreigners and strangers, amen, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, y'all too are being built together to become a dwelling place by the Spirit. And the church said? Amen. Amen. You could be seated. So you will never read Ephesians 2 the same again. <laughs> All right, so we're going to share the main thing. Uh, the main thing is, is that the unity that we desire has been finished in Christ. And as we embrace that truth, we enjoy God's presence more fully. So uh, join me as I pray. Lord, just thank you so much. Thank you so much for the church. Thank you that we don't hold it lightly what you did on the cross. You united people. The one thing that can really unite people is you, Jesus. And thank you, Lord, that we don't, we don't carry around fake unity, but real unity. Real unity that is actual reality. 
as we know, Father God, that we will be together forever in you. So thank you, Lord, for speaking through me. Take over, Lord. Don't guide me, but take over me. And so we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So we're going to start with the first thing, and that's called the powers. If we're taking note, write down the powers. The powers is, some people don't know what the powers is, and I would love to explain it to you. The powers is the worldly influence that every human interacts with without question. That's one definition. It's the things that go without being said. All right? The things that go without being said. The things that go without being said in my house is I do the dishes. It's the powers that work in my house. <laughs> the things that go without being said. We came to an agreement that that's what I do. That's, that's not a tag on you. I'm just saying. We came to an agreement. I wash the dishes. Um, the, the third definition is following the sway of the present age. I like that one. And really, it's the enemy's ways of separating humans and distracting humans from the purpose of God. And there's a big danger to be captive to the powers that you not know. There's a big danger being captive to the powers and you not know. A lot of that stuff at the beginning, Ephesians 1, 1 through 3, is this disobedience, is all this separation, all these things. That's just Paul just explaining more of what the powers is. And, and the Jews get that in that time. The Jews are understanding what Paul is talking about. The Gentiles are understanding what uh, Paul is talking about. And let me tell you, it's in the text. It's in the text. So uh, uncircumcised versus circumcised. That's not just an earthly, natural thing. That's powers are behind that. And that is another way of just saying uh, racism. Those are fighting words in the Bible. You just read uh, uh, old-timey, uh, and I, uh, let me just say this. This is an old-timey racial slur, is uncircumcised versus circumcised. There is hostility like crazy between these two groups of people. And if you know anything about Jews, is that they are also extremely nationalistic. They think that they are the chosen people. And, I mean, rightly so. They have, like, you know, a book that says that, you know, God cares about those people specifically. Shout out to Aaron. Those people, he cares about those people specifically. But here's the deal. In Christ, he, he brings the Jews and the Gentiles together. He brings the Jews to the, and the Gentiles together. And God's answer to the powers is the church. You're going to miss this whole sermon if you don't understand this. Verse 4, verse 4, it says this. Let me, let me pull it right here. So verse 4, it says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. So he just talked about the powers. And he says, and then I made the church. Talks about the powers, creates the church. Say it one more time. Talks about the powers, creates the church. Does that make sense? Is, is that making sense? So, so the powers are not destroyed by um, anything else other than the church. 
And if we believe that the powers can be destroyed or that humans can come together outside of the church, we're going to be messed up. So Satan has created a community of darkness and God has created a community of love. That we are supposed to be united together in Christ. And there was no way that the Jews understood this as just some spiritual out-of-body experience. They understood this as coming down to earth, doing things here, here and now. The Messiah was supposed to make things right here on earth. The Messiah was not to take you out of here. The Messiah was supposed to come and make things right here on earth. So that means that the church, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is here to make things right here on the earth. Does that make sense? So if we, if we get a little bit, if we get distracted by the powers, and one of the powers here in, in the United States of America is, oh, let's just think everything is spiritual. Let's just kind of escape. Let's just, you know, let's just like get up in our heads and get in the spirit and, and, and not in the Holy Spirit, the other spirits. And let's just, um, just kind of get in our head. And it's a distraction to what we're supposed to be doing. It's a distraction to what we're supposed to be doing. And it's doing things here on earth. And let me, let me also say this. The individual was not elected to go against the powers. The church was. The church is elected, not the individual. And so that might hurt your, uh, 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 that might hurt my individualistic pride right there. Because I thought, I thought it was all about me. I thought it was all about me and my personal relationship with the Lord where I feel all warm and fuzzy inside. No, no, no. No, 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 no. He said, you have come to be one new humanity inside of the church. That's how he wraps that up in Ephesians. That's how he, 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 he that's what his proposal is, is us being united together to demonstrate the grace and the kindness of Jesus Christ. I got an illustration for you. Whenever, sometimes people take, take what happened in civil rights as just a United States government thing. That's not how it started. It started in a black church. It started in a church. And the church went against the powers that were going on in this nation. And then now we get to experience that. So don't let the history teacher lie to you and say, oh, well, it was just some good idea that a bunch of people just made up. No, 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 no. Martin Luther King Jr. read his Bible. <laughs> he went to the prophet Amos and he said, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. So uh, taking advantage of people is wrong. So, and God judges those people who are wrong. So maybe we shouldn't be doing that as believers and Christians. And it makes me sad because he went to the church first. Some of y'all will get that on the right home. He went to the church first. But then whenever we feel like we're getting close to coming up against the powers, the powers want to distract us. And then some other things happen, and then you have him trying to go through the governmental system, and then, you know, unity doesn't actually happen. Unity doesn't actually happen. Does that make sense? Do you, do you understand that? 
Like that unity didn't, it didn't really just like come into completion. The way I see unity, at least. Maybe, maybe, maybe some other people see it and it, it, it worked and it was there. But no, like unity didn't even come all the way through. But it did start in the church. And just to be clear, uh, God isn't, isn't asking for us to just do a bunch of culture wars. What he's saying is, is that we can live this out here in the church. This is where it starts. This is where it starts, and and I don't and I want to be a, I want to be very careful not to say, oh, well, then now let's just take it out into the world. Let's get it right here first. Let me let's get it right here first. Let's get it right here first here, Antioch, Fort Worth. Let's get it right here for, first in the city of Fort Worth. Let's get it right here first in the nation of Texas. Let's get it right here first in the nation of Texas. I know. Uh, let's, I wasn't born here, but, you know, raised here. Um, let's get it right here first in the, the United States of America. And then let's present it to the world. You need, you need two groups of people coming together to do this. I'm a part of the Antioch movement. If you don't know anything about the Antioch movement, we love to share Jesus. Yes, we do. We love to share Jesus. We will go to the ends of the earth to share Jesus, right? But we won't cross a congregation to make things right. Because you do understand that that is a part of that too. You do get it. You do understand? And so I'm just going to make a quick transition to the partition. The partition was not Jewishness and Gentileness. It was the hostility between the two. It's not your Jewishness or your Gentileness or your blackness or your whiteness or your richness or your poorness or any of the nisses. It was none of that. It was the hostility between the two. So what he's saying is it's no longer okay to hate your Christian Jewish brother or your Christian Gentile brother because this is not just a conversation between Jews and Gentiles ethnically. No, they've both been redeemed in Christ. So Christian comes first before your name. Do you hear me, church? It comes, it comes first. So that means you got to live up to that Christian name first. Before you can live up to your culture, you got to live up to that Christian name first before you set up your 401k. You got to listen up to, your, to the Christian name first. You got to do the Christian, you got to do that first. That's first and foremost. That's first and foremost. That's, that's what we're here for. He, he raised us up and gave us life for what? To be about ourselves? To, to, no. No, the answer is no, okay? <laughs> the answer is no. The name Christian became the passport to the kingdom. Not your skin color. Not your denomination. Not your certain theo theological preference. Christ. Everybody said that, Christ. Christ did. And thank God, 
Because I've lived on this planet for 25 years. And in that short 25 years, I know I'm a, I'm a good-looking 25-year-old. I mean, let me tell you. Um, in those 25 years, all the people who are over 50 are like, oh, my gosh. 25, he's so young. Um, in that 25 years, nothing is going to unite us other than Christ. And if you're over the age of, you know, if you are older than me and you want to come tell me, hey, what is going to unite us, please. I will be here during ministry time. I'm ready for an open rebuke. I really am. I'm signing up for it, an open rebuke. Because there's nothing that's going to unite us other than Christ. Nothing. Not a single thing. Nothing is going to unite us over than Christ. But... But, 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 Paul is not endorsing, like, become Gentile if you're a Jew or become a Jew if you're a Gentile. He destroys the hostility. He doesn't destroy your culture. Oh, my gosh. When I was, when I was in this text, man, I was like, what? What? So I could be black and be a Christian. Of course you can. <laughs> of course you can. I could like fried chicken and be a Christian. Yeah, 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 I can. And that is not a black thing. That's just because I'm Southern, okay? I like fried chicken. All the Southerners in the room were like, amen. Yeah, that's true. So you don't have to lose that. You don't have to be somebody else. God wants you to be you. He wants you to be you. That, that's, that's, that's so it's so, so key right now. The hostility between the races is not trying to make black people, white people, white people, black people, or uh, Hispanic people, Indian people, or Indian people, Hispanic people. That's not what, that, no, that's not what the church should be doing, at least. The church says, no, the hostility between the two is done. But you can come to the table as you are. The hostility between the political parties is done. The hostility between the political parties and the, and the church is also dumb. I said done and dumb. That's, that's because listen, man, listen, this ain't in the notes, but I got to tell you. The powers love political parties. Love political parties. And we as Americans also love political parties. And so listen. This is a key distraction to what God is going to do in the nation is us being divided by political parties, political parties that don't really care about us. Don't really care about us. What, what are you what are you doing? Get off Facebook. If I go to your Facebook and, and you have posted, you know, 25 political posts and one Christian verse, we got some issues. I'm saying things Jamie can't say. I'm sorry. Because let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. I'm saying things Jamie can't say. I'm an admin here. I'm not a pastor. There's not a pastor in front of my name. So let me tell you, let me tell you, I can just tell you like it is. I'm your older brother, I'm not your daddy, okay? If you need, if you need some help, come to this man after the service. But I'm done, done with it. 
the hostility between uh, male and female, that got to stop. It's got to stop. It's not a progressive idea for women to be valued in the church. That's Jesus's idea. So whenever, uh, uh, whenever people want to say, oh, that's just a progressive idea. Oh, no, that's Jesus's idea. That's Jesus's idea. All right? That's Jesus's idea. Not, no, don't let that get co-opted. Don't hear this sermon and let it get co-opted. The hostility is done. The hostility between generations is done. Done. It's been finished in Christ. And we keep building up these walls. We just keep building up the wall. Let's build up these walls. Let's build up these walls. Stop building up the walls. Be done. I'm so happy when I walked into the prayer uh, this morning that we have people who are older than me and look different than I do praying over me. That's your heritage here at Antioch Fort Worth. All right? The hostility between the denominations is done. But here's the deal. Hostility can look like aggression, but also it can look like indifference. (laughs) Hostility is not just you yelling at each other. Hostility is I don't care about you. That's a hostile statement. I don't care about you. You... Somebody wants to watch the game. I told you I'm your older brother. I'm not your dad. I told you. Uh, <laughs> it was so funny, man. I'm sorry to do that to you. Um, but the hostility is not just aggression. It's indifference, too. Saying I don't care about you is a, is a hostile statement. And, and do you want, me to, you want me to step into it? Can I, can, I, can, I, can I go? Can I go? So that means that all these uh, uh, issues about uh, the word that starts with M and ends with ask, or uh, the word that starts with V and ends in axing, um, sometimes when you are trying to prove your point about that, however you feel about that, it sounds like I don't care. So... Pastoral advice. Why don't you start with, I do care. Okay? Let's start there. Let's come to the table. Calm and civilized. Before we start yelling at each other, okay? Y'all gonna make me delete Facebook. I'm telling you. (laughs) We got a witness in the back. Uh, Micah, I'm sorry if I preached too long. Uh, if you think that the hostility can be dealt with between you and God, but not you and your brother, you've misunderstood the gospel. It's the same wall, y'all. The same wall that's between you and God is the same wall that's between you and your brother. And so John says something that's like, very, very offensive, and you should be offended if you read your Bible, because it says, he says that, (laughs) he says that if you say you love God, but you hate your brother, you're a what? Some of them read their Bibles. (laughs) I didn't hear much on this side of the room. (laughs) So let me just tell you what they said. Liar. 
They said that you're a liar if you say that you love God, but you don't love your brother. Because the gospel breaks down all of those walls. The gospel breaks down all of those walls. All right? Do y'all understand what I'm trying to say? And so if you, have a, if you feel like, man, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Again, we will have ministry time at the end. I want you to understand the gospel. This is the word. I'm not making this up. It, it says it right there. The wall of hostility has been brought down between the two of them. Okay? Can I get an amen? Okay. And so you know, me working as a chef, I get to meet a lot of interesting people. And one of the people that I met was, her name was Jess, and she is a Jew, ethnically, and a Jew uh, in the religious sense. And she told me, and I, and I was asking about this sermon. Uh, those are the conversations I have in a chef, talking about the Bible. Super weird. Um, but we got to Ephesians 2, and we were talking about that, and she was like, she was like, uh, how can a Jew and a Gentile come together? Oh, that's like those Messianic Jew people. We don't consider them Jews. So Messianic Jews, if you didn't know this, walk around here being disowned by their own ethnic group because of Christ. Completely disowned because of Jesus. And so some people might be like, praise God, yeah, they need to be doing that. People in France disown their nationality, people in Africa. And then you get to America and you're like, hold up, wait a second. Because when Isaiah put something, I refer to myself in the third person. When I put something on Facebook that says, I think Jesus is over all things, even my Americanness, I get some DMs. Are you okay? Are you crazy? Do we need to find you somewhere? And I'm like, how is that weird? How's that weird? Maybe that's the powers that are working in America that you can't say that you're a Christian over being an American. Because you saying anything over being an American is considered to be heresy. I'm just, just reading my notes, just reading my notes. When the church gets quiet, that's how I know I just hit on something. Okay, um, one other thing. One, one other thing about the church. The church is not an individualistic society. We've already established that. Isaiah doesn't like that idea. Um, also, is not a collective society either. Because a collective society says you're just a name on a page. You're just a number. Isaiah is not Isaiah. He is uh, 2319. Everybody who's watched Monsters, Inc. is laughing. <laughs> I was born in 96. Come on, Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Best movie around when I was a kid. Um, membership is different. C.S. Lewis says this, membership is different. We are members of one body, which means that we can express our differences, but also be united in Christ. My organs aren't all the same, but they all have the same purpose. Keep Isaiah alive. 
Can you imagine if my kidney said, I want to be a liver? I would die. Like, so that means that if you are a Christian and you're trying to be somebody else, you're not helping the body of Christ. You're harming it. I want you to bring your individuality. Now I'm, now I'm appealing to the people who are like, yes, I grew up in America. Yes, yes, yes. I want you to bring that in. I want you to bring that in. Christ wants you to bring that in. But he wants you to lay that down at his feet so he can redeem it so that we can work together. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I don't have to be Stephen Furtick. That's who I wanted to be as a a teenager. I saw that white guy and I was like, man, he could preach. Man, this is crazy. That's who I wanted to be. I don't have to be him. I got to be Isaiah. I got to be Isaiah. And if I'm trying to be somebody else, that's harming us. So be you. Be James. Be Laura. Be Brian. Be Ashley. Be Lloyd. Be Lauren. Be you. Be you. Families are made up of different people, but they're all unified under the same name. All my siblings are different. We're all very different. We're all unified under the same name. One other thing, peace. I still got more points. I've been preaching a while. Are you are y'all having a good time? Okay. I want to keep it too long, okay? I know. Sports center. It's on the TV. Uh, peace. It takes work. Listen, this is what you don't get if you don't really pay attention to this. It took the incarnation of the second person of the Trinity to bring down the hostile wall between the two of us. The incarnation of Jesus. Jesus had to come down, put on flesh, live a perfect life in this world, then go and die on a Christ cross and then be risen up uh, three days later. And that's what it took for the wall to come down. What, why do you think that peace is going to be easy? It's going to take sacrifice. And God's not looking to, and listen, Jesus didn't come to escape. And he didn't come to erase. Okay? When we all get to heaven, oh, a great day it'll be. Yeah, it will be. But you don't get to sing that while everything is just going crazy. Because if Jesus just said, oh, when we all get to heaven, what a great day it'll be, you know, he wouldn't have done anything. But he, he's also not erasing either. He didn't go up to Peter and say, you know what, your name is not Peter. Your name is now 222230. And then John is 222331. You know, he's not like erasing people's identity. No, he is calling them to embrace. He's calling them to come to Together, we are ministers of reconciliation, not toleration. We're ministers of reconciliation, not toleration. Listen, if, you, if, if you're married, you do understand whenever you're just trying to tolerate each other. That's not happy. That's terrible. I breathe wrong and she yells at me whenever we're trying to do that. I look, she looks at me, she's like, why are you looking at me like that? Because that's what we're trying to tolerate each other. 
But reconciliation is, you know, warm and snuggles, you know, things like that. Watching Netflix, you know. Listen, I'm married. I got a baby on the way. You, I mean, you already knew where I was going with that. So, uh, we're adults. We're adults. Okay. I was preaching to the youth, or I was preaching to the kids this weekend. Now I get to be an adult, okay? Um, and this isn't fake peace, but real peace. Real peace is in a person called Jesus. Not fake peace unified over other things. And then the presence. Verse 22. Verse 22 is so important. Verse 22 says this. In whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. Our division limits God's power in the church. Don't believe me? Think about this. Jesus went to Nazareth and saw the people's unbelief and said, wow, I can't do anything here. Not that he didn't want to do things. He couldn't do things. Think about this. The church in the United States of America and its 200 denominations, Google it. Let's, let's, let's see here. If we're not obeying that word of the hostility being broken down between us, and I'm not saying that everybody needs to be a part of the same denomination, but I'm saying that we all need to be able to work together, which we know that that's not happening. Can we just be honest, okay? So if he looks at that, why do we think we're better than Nazareth? We want signs and wonders so bad. We want healing so bad. But unity, whatever. Whatever. That's a distraction of the powers, let me tell you. That's a distraction of the powers. If you think that you can seek signs and wonders, but you can't seek your brother at the same time. You've missed, you, don't, you don't get it. And the last P is people. I'm going to say this, and then uh, we'll bring it to a close about with multi-ethnic church. Um, people, uh, this question that I get a lot, what if people are wrong? <laughs> okay, here's the deal. If people are wrong, you should pray for them, right? That's the Jesus answer. You can go a little bit deeper. When people are wrong, you should pray with them in proximity to them. There was a shooting that happened in Arlington this past week. You didn't know that? I know the person who was bullied. I knew him four years ago. I pray for him different because I knew him four years ago. Somebody who did something wrong, somebody that did something terrible, somebody that did something that I would never condone, somebody that did something that deserves to be dealt with. Yes, he was wrong. But I pray for him different because I knew him. I don't pray for the swift arm of justice to come on him. I pray for him to experience Jesus. So those people that you think that are wrong, and first and foremost, make sure that you know that they're wrong. But those people that you think that are wrong, you got to pray for them in proximity. You can't just pray for them just super far away. Second thing, what does our division speak to unbelievers? Jesus has an answer for that. John 17. 
He said that he wants his people to be one so that the world knows that I'm here and actually in existence. So that means the people who are super passionate about going out into the earth, while you're here, while you're preparing, while you're learning the language, while you're learning the culture, why don't you try making your life group one? Why don't you make this church one? Because that's going to be a better witness than any single gospel presentation that you can give. All right? Third thing. We can only be unified with those who come to the table. This is very important. Sometimes we get discouraged because of unity, because of those who aren't there. And we forget who's at the table. We say, oh, unity can never happen. When there's plenty of people that want to be unified. There's plenty of people that aren't just eating up in their room being angry. <laughs> but that's, that's what disunity looks like in a household. If you got any kids, you understand that. They go and sit in their room and they go pout and be mad. Instead of coming to the table and being unified. And you can only have that conversation with people who sit at the table. Fourth thing is this. God's goal has always been, always been to be a blessing to all people. Always has been. So that means that the church is now his body to be a blessing to all people. We have been tasked with that mission. And so this is why I think and I present to you why the multi-ethnic church is an answer into the powers of today. The powers of, of racial division is everywhere. The multi-ethnic church says, no, nah, we can come together. All right? The multi-ethnic church says we can come together. The partition uh, of, of racial issues, some need to forgive and some need to learn, but we're all going to come do it at the same table. All need to be humble. You won't have unity without humility. We all got to be humble. We all got to come to the table. Peace. When we focus on Jesus, peace can come into his church. All right? When we focus on Jesus, that means that stop judging other Christians that worship Jesus. Be at the table. And then talk. And then the presence, the Holy Spirit is what empowers us. The Holy Spirit is what empowers us. The enemy can only distract the church. He can't destroy it. Because scripture says that no gates of hell can even come against his body. So it can only distract. So here's the, hope. Hope is there. You have inside of you. You have it inside of you. Can you not hear me anymore? You can hear me because I'm loud. Hello? Check, check. Hello? Am I back? Okay. I'm so glad to see you guys. Everybody stand up. I'd like the ministry team and the worship team to come up. If you could just stay locked in for the next eight minutes. And I want you to understand something. I want you to understand that 
the powers want to distract you with something that's not as good. The church is better. The church is better. We sang too good to not believe. And we were talking about people getting healed. Man, I want to see the church unified. Do you want that? Because if you pursue that, you're pursuing what Jesus wants. I want households to be united. I want generations to be united. I want ethnic groups to be united. I want us to all come to the table with humility and learn from each other. So this ministry time specifically, specifically is for you to say, listen, I have a wall. I have a wall. I have a wall personally that's being yet pulled down for a certain group of Christians. And I got to I got to deal with that. And I got to keep coming to the table. I can get mad and storm off, but I got to come back. Because God is a redeemer. He doesn't say it's over. He says you get another opportunity to come to the table. So the division that's in our hearts against family members, people in the local church, people in the global church, that needs to be dealt with. Second thing, and it's literally as important, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with the Lord and you don't even know what the heck I've been talking about for the past 40 minutes about walls of hostility, come receive Jesus. Because you staying underneath the influence of the powers is not good for you. What's good for you is for him to be in your life.